Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm so sorry this one's happening so late in the day. I am so very sorry. I, um, the good news is that uh, I got a brand new computer and it's lightning quick. And I think that um, those that are watching this on YouTube with us, you guys actually have a crisper camera that you're checking in on. I'm, I'm actually not positive on that, but I'll, I'll loop back around later and see if I got those settings right. But it took me damn near two hours, damn near two hours to get the audio settings right. So that way when I'm recording myself, it sounds like me. For the better part of, and you guys don't need to hear the whole story on this, especially YouTubers that want me to just dive straight in with my face into the water. Uh, basically, everything that I was recording sounded condensed. I don't know if you guys know what a, a condenser, or uh, that's the wrong word for it. I try to sound like a smart guy, and I sound like a dummy. Um, it basically it, uh, it caps... It takes your audio and it mushes it all into a tight band of actual volume. So if you're quiet, it boosts it up. And if you're loud, it brings it down. But it creates this very weird, like when you're quiet and it boosts it, you hear everything in the background. Like my board behind me, if I even so much as grazed it, it was like a T-Rex coming through. But then when I got really loud, it brought me down. So it sounded like this. It sounded like old time radio. But I think I got it. You know what? It's 2.40 Pacific time. I got to get a damn show out. So we're doing it one way or the other. And today, as you guys saw, is fourth round. Call them steals and busts because that's the buzzy name, but it's my faves and least faves. And we're going to dive into that here in just a moment. But first, I am at Dan Bespris on the Twitters. I hope that you guys will indeed come find me over there. If you're watching live on YouTube or after the fact, please click that like and subscribe pair O buttons under to the side, wherever they might appear on your mobile device or on your computer screen. And if you're listening on traditional podcast channels, rate and subscribe. There's your combo platter. I want to also mention that it appears that today is the end of the $7 all pass fantasy uh, pass all sport subscription over at sportsethos.com. I am also going to throw our very free, very wonderful Discord link in the YouTube chat room, and it remains a part of the show description. If you're unable to find it in the chat, you can loop back around to the show and find it later. But let's get into the mix here. Let's talk immediately now. He says immediately after two and a half minutes of talking out his rectum. Let's talk about my faves and least faves on Yahoo and ESPN between 37 and 48. YouTubers, you should have a pretty good view of most of them. I think maybe my head is blocking one of it, but I wanted to make the names pretty big, so uh, that's the, the downside of it. What we did on the uh, the second round, which was, I think, my favorite one because it was the most organized of the three we've done so far, first, second, third, this is the fourth round now. If you want, you can go back and check out some of the old episodes uh, where we knocked those out, is I started with my dislikes on Yahoo!, we did our likes, our favorites on Yahoo, and then pivoted over to the ESPN side to see if there was any uh, parallels, any copycats, basically where we wouldn't have to talk about a whole brand new set of names. Because more people use Yahoo than ESPN, more people use ESPN than Fantrax, and so far uh, down the board. 
For the Yahoo board, which again has been rearranged, the list of names, those of you that can see it, you'll find the redundant, but in case the words are too small, uh, we'll read it for everybody. Pick 37 through 48. I'm going to read you the 12 names in order. It goes like this. Darius Garland, then Jalen Brown, Carl Anthony Towns, Victor Wembanyama, Evan Mobley, Kristaps Porzingis, De'Aaron Fox, DeMar DeRozan, Jamal Murray, OG Ananobi, Brandon Ingram, and Walker Kessler. A lot of these players got shifted around. Walker Kessler was farther up the board. He got dropped down. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, I think, got dropped down a couple of slots. Porzingis got dropped down a few. Wembenyama and Carl Anthony Towns got dropped a whole bunch down the list. A couple of guys got moved up. Jalen Brown was shifted higher on this board. DeMar DeRozan was shifted higher on this board. Brandon Ingram, I think, was just a tiny bit higher on this board. Oh, forgot to mention, no, I did say Walker Kessler, right? He was, uh, he was dropped a handful of spots, if I forgot to say that a moment ago. Apologies again. My brain is in the blender after spending so much time screwing with audio uh, issues that if I repeat myself on today's show, it'll just be the usual for me. Dano's always repeating himself. Let's start with my least favorites here. Now, we can knock a few names out of the way. Because back when Wembenyama was uh, pre-ranked 30, he was one of my least favorite third-rounders, or kind of early to mid-third. But as an early fourth-rounder, I don't feel similarly. I actually think, yeah, he might underperform this mix, but it'll be so much fun on the way there that you really won't care all that much. So to those of you that thought I was going to pick Victor, shame on you. I did not pick Victor. He's low enough now where it's not a target of mine. He's not going to be one of the favorites in this discussion. But he's worked himself out of the least favorites mix by being 10 slots lower. I'm not a huge fan of Darius Garland at pick number 37, but I also understand the relative uh, scarcity of assists. Guys that get seven or more assists in drafts, they are few and far between. Garland was number 48 on a per-game basis last year. He would, was slightly healthier than your average guy. Or your, every time I say that, I want to do the Yogi Bear thing. Slightly healthier than your average bear. And so he slightly probably maybe underperforms this mark by a little bit at 37. Maybe he rolls early 40s. But that's, again, not really something you can call as a least favorite. Same story with Jalen Brown. Evan Mobley feels pretty well targeted, as does Porzingis and Fox and DeRozan. Even Jamal Murray. And so, unfortunately, my least favorites... This is weird, by the way. But my leasts come from the tail end of this fourth round. And that's unusual because typically as you get towards the back end of a round, you're starting to think, oh, well, maybe this is where the value guys are. These guys are my least favorite fourth rounders because I still don't believe they belong in this round, even if they're the very end of it. And in particular, because it's hard for me to really put a ding on Ananobi. He, may, he hit this mark last year and he played in 67 games. I'm a little worried about the steals uh, tapering off a tad. Remember for the first, what was it? I don't know, call it, it wasn't quite half a season, but it wasn't that much beyond that. For the first half of the season, he was at like 2.3 steals per game. Second half of the year, he was at 1.5, and he was number 53 over that span, which to me feels like a much more targetable number for him this year. Early 50s for Ananobi, and this, you know, that's not that far back of 46. He's been historically a bit dinged up, that's reason for concern, but he played in most of his games last year, and so I can't really get on his case about that either. So I really only have one 
big dislike in the Yahoo fourth round. After I had quite a few, I think, in the third. Wasn't that sort of a heavy one? And that dude is Brandon Ingram, who was number 62 on a per-game basis last year. He had plenty of opportunities with Zion off the floor last season. Sure, he posted a nice solid 25 points, 5.5 boards, and 6 assists. That's all well and good. But, and good free throw numbers, 88% on 6 per game. But his turnovers are very high, extremely high. In fact, at 3.3, that's a number that probably goes down with the Pelicans starting the year, at least, with kind of their big guns healthy, even if the sort of medium-sized guns are already going down. Trey Murphy's hurt. Jose Alvarado's hurt. These are not the guys that are taking all the shots, but they are something. But for Brandon Ingram, he's just not healthy. He's just not. Maybe he bounces back and has a healthy season, but even beyond that, We're still talking about number 62 on a per-game basis. And if you're like, oh, well, Dan, I'm punting turnovers. Yeah, that actually does help him a fair amount. That bumped him up to number 40. Eight cat, he was number 40. So he beat this mark. But he still only played in 45 games last year. And I'm doing this show on nine cat. And typically, at the end of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth round, if you are taking someone who is high in turnovers... You're probably hoping that that guy is giving you a really substantial boost in assists. And for Ingram, they're decent at 5.8. That's a pretty good number. But to, in my mind, it doesn't really cover the 3.4 turnovers. Or there's got to be something about the dude that's so powerful that makes me just kind of overlook it. And his steals aren't very good and his blocks aren't very good. And his field goal percent is fine, so that's okay. But I just, I feel like at this juncture, and I know DeMar DeRozan is now going in front of him after like a weekend change ago that was kind of flip-flap, but like DeMar is a very similar stat set with more steals, better field goal percent, lower turnovers. That's the, like... We want to picture them as really different basketball players, and they are seemingly on the floor. They don't seem to operate all that similarly. But from a fantasy standpoint, last year they were within half a point of each other, less than a three-pointer separated them, less than a rebound, less than half an assist, I believe. Or exactly half an assist. No, .7, sorry. .4 steals separated them, .1 blocks, 2% from the field, 1% at the free throw line. DeMar DeRozan was like a gassed-up version of Brandon Ingram and one that played in 30 more ball games than Ingram did. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back 
to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. So if it's coming to me at this point, kind of late fourth round, I don't care that DeMar is older. His game just translates better, and he's been historically far more durable. I know, I'm picking on Brandon Ingram, and, you know, you, you, you turn off turnovers, those guys get much closer to one another. I get it. But I've probably started my draft with a couple of guys that have three-plus turnovers per game. I'm not really hunting those dudes in the, in the late fourth. Jamal Murray's probably going to get you 20-some-odd points per game on way less than three turnovers a night. Klay Thompson, if it's, if it's points you're worried about, that might be what people are like, oh, but he gets me 24.5 points per game. There are other guys that can get you scoring like that without Ingram's extremely high turnover number. But forget that for just a moment. Let's say this year the turnovers do come down. Everything's coming down this year for Ingram. Everything is coming down. Now, how long is Zion healthy? I really don't know. I mean, it might be a week. It might be two days. It uh, might be a month and a half. It might be four months. We don't really know. But last year was Ingram's highest usage of his career. 18.6 shots per game and 5.8 assists and 3.3 turnovers. That all kind of has to get cooked together. And six free throws per game. It was all the most he's ever done. If you throw Zion back into the mix full-time on that club, he's not getting 18 and a half shots per game. He's probably getting more like 17. And the free throws go down, and all these things that he does that make him a positive drop and drop and drop. And 62 per game gets dropped into the 70s per game, or heaven forbid it could go lower. And you add that in with the injury stuff, and you have a mess royale with cheese. But surely we must like some people in the Yahoo fourth round. And we do. We're getting to a part in the draft where values start to pop up. And they often do so because they just aren't that exciting. Now on this one... There's an obvious one, and we have to throw Carl Anthony Towns in the mix because even if you think he takes multiple steps backwards over and over and over again, this is a really weird spot for him. And Yahoo did a strange thing because Cat was was pre-ranked in the late 20s last year, and now this they they just they dropped him back to exactly what his rank was last season, which was number 39. But it was a heavily heavily influenced by Cat coming back from injury and having a minutes cap and just basically not being himself. But the early part of the season, before he went down for pretty much the entire year, he was number 24. And so, you know, a large part of this does come down to whether or not Towns can stay healthy, which, who knows, it's been a bit more... That's been more fussy for him. But I do think that there's a nice step back coming this year. And you're like, Dan, you just told me not to take a guy who has three turnovers per game. Yeah, but when they've got the upside of a Towns, field goal percent is upside, free throw is upside, threes is upside, points is upside, boards is upside, assist for a center is upside. 
steals for a center has been upside for him at times in his career. Blocks is not really, but... And I don't think blocks are coming back while he's playing largely power forward alongside Rudy Gobert, but the point is this one... He won't stay there. I'm going to throw his name out because otherwise I would sound like an idiot. Like if I skipped over him, then people are like, Dan didn't even say Carl Anthony Towns. But now I'm saying Carl Anthony Towns, but he's not going to stay there. There's no way that at Yahoo's next board adjustment, they don't move him back up a little bit. But he's in the mix. Garland, I'm fine with. Brown, I'm fine with. Not my favorites. Wembenyama and Evan Mobley are also kind of the same story there. I didn't think that... Uh, Christoph Porzingis would get back on my lists this year because his previous pre-rank was in the mid-30s. And at that number, I thought, well, between his role likely shrinking in Boston, because I don't think he's getting 16 shots and six and a half rebounds, or six and a half free throws per game, not on a team with, with uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but his fantasy game translates so damn well that like last year he was number 14. He was basically a turn value guy in a big role. Shrink his role a tad. And yeah, that'll knock him down at least a handful of pegs. But you're still talking about a guy that's probably inside the top 30 on a per game basis. And then the question is, can he get to 65 games? Uh, that's a maybe. So when he was going in the 30s, I thought this leaves too much room for him to bottom out. Now that he's potentially here going in the mid-40s to late-40s, if people are still kind of afraid of him, then to me, it's it's kind of a no-brainer. Not quite the no-brainer of last year, where he was going to have a big role, and he was still getting drafted in the late 40s. And you, I mean, we looked at him, and we were like, that's a worst-case scenario, was late 40s. Here, the worst-case scenario is, you know, big injury, Per game is like only late 20s-ish, early 30s, and so he doesn't get near his ADP, but there's all this room for him to exceed it now, where let's say that he does get a decent role in Boston, and he does end up taking the lion's share of big man minutes on that club. Well, uh, you know, Grant Williams is gone. I know that Time Lord and Horford are there, but they can still pair some of these guys up in the front court. Porzingis can stretch the floor. There's a lot of opportunity for mixing and matching, Maybe he does get to low 30s in minutes again this season and puts up, I don't know, low 20s per game. Now you're talking about a guy that only needs to really break 60 games in most formats for you to feel like you got your money's worth, and that's a little bit easier. So Porzingis, behind Towns, not my... Towns is the runaway favorite for this one, but Porzingis is definitely on my board as well. And there are two more, believe it or not. DeMar DeRozan at 44 is still one of my favorites for this round. DeMar was number 28 last year. I don't see his role changing all that much this season. Chicago was largely healthy last year. The fear with DeMar, of course, is that he gets moved. This is a contract year for him. The Bulls should pull the plug, but they never seem to do it. And if they do finally do so this season then that's where DeMar ends up probably in a place where he doesn't get 18 shots and seven free throws per game. But he's shown himself to be their most clutch player, the guy that tends to get a lot of their activity late. And as long as he's a bull, he's a top 30 fantasy guy. So there you go. Um, Again, I'd say Towns, Porzingis probably ahead of him. And then Walker Kessler at 48 is interesting. He was going, we've seen him go in the 30s in a bunch of spots. His fantasy game is a little bit different than the other guys on this list, simply because he's so much more reliant on the quote-unquote big man stats. 
But looking again at the second half of last year, last 35, 40 games or so, he was at 12 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks, and 72% from the field. Hyper elite numbers in three different categories. He was god-awful at the free throw line, but at least he was only taking two and a half of them per ball game. So you could kind of paper over that with one or two pretty darn good free throw shooters. Over that stretch, he was a top 20 producer. I mean, kind of the JJJ, I'm going to get you all this stuff from the blocks land, and then anything else I do is just gravy uh, mode of existence. But going in the late 40s, it's hard for me to see him not beating that number. Especially because it does still kind of feel like there was room for him to do more. That was 28 minutes a game, uh, final 35 games of the season last year. He never really consistently got over 30 minutes a night. If that's a thing that changes this year, you see rebounding go up, and then that moves into the super-duper uber-elite land where you find guys like Demonis Sabonis and Anthony Davis, that that ilk, you know, 12 boards per game. Now you're talking Kessler could be sort of like a mid-second rounder per game, but if the blocks don't hold at three, that's where things slip. If it falls to two, under two, heaven forbid, now you're talking about a guy that doesn't get to his mark. So you've got these options here in the fourth round. I think you've got a nice handful of them on the Yahoo board. Again, Towns is sort of the easy runaway guy there. Porzingis, Kessler, and DeMar DeRozan are the other three that I like a lot. The one that I really don't like remains Brandon Ingram, and frankly, I'm not all that annoyed about the other ones. Let's flip over to the ESPN situation and see if we can find anything to go off of here. We'll make it nice and large for the folks on YouTube. And while I'm pivoting the screen over to this other board, please do take a moment to like and subscribe to the video on YouTube and rate and subscribe over on the podcast channels. Quick uh, promo once again, our Fantasy Pass, NBA and All Sport, those things are absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. The Ethos 360 sub gets the Brewski 150 the first thing. The next one that gets it is the old school bundle that has uh, gambling and all three fantasy sports. And then the one after that is uh, either the all fantasy pass, which has the three fantasy sports and DFS, or just the all sport fantasy pass. That one's only seven bucks a month, a very, very reasonable price. It gets the Brewski 150 about two weeks before the season begins, which is one of the earlier markers, earlier than the NBA only one, which is $6 a month. But come on, get the one that's 7 It's $1 more to get the B150 sooner every year. That's the thing that sticks. And if you keep it going, even as prices go up, and this goes for any of the memberships, as long as your membership is on, you will not ever be hit with a price increase. The only time that would ever get you is if you canceled and rejoined later. It's a pretty cool thing. It's grandfathered rates for life. So folks, they got the first fantasy pass at a discount for like three or four bucks and left it on. They are cashing in these days, and it's only going to get better for them as time goes. Mm. ESPN side. Here's the names uh, from the ESPN board. Starting at 36, or sorry, 37, Cade Cunningham, then Desmond Bain. DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, Zion Williamson, OG Ananobi. That's the front six. The back six is Jalen Brunson, Bradley Beal, DeJounte Murray, Jalen Brown, Walker Kessler, and Evan Mobley. 
Walker Kessler is an overlap at 47. I'm perfectly fine with that. DeMar DeRozan is like a semi-overlap, although at 39, I think that's probably a little bit too early for him. I like DeMar better at the end of the 40s, early 50s. I think this is ESPN maybe here pushing him a little bit too soon. But the ESPN board is super weird like it always is. Let's start with our favorites since that's an easy thing to kind of drag over from our discussion over on the Yahoo side. Desmond Bain at 38 is absolutely a favorite. That's a crazy one. Uh, Bain was number 36 last year in only 31 and a half minutes per game. That included a large injury absence and a bunch of games where he was being revved back up. That did not include, of course, Jobbert of the season, which is coming this year. And Bain probably just gets better season over season. So in my eyes, this is a guy that could easily be top 20 while Ja is out. Drafting him in the 30s is a freaking steal. Frankly, I think mid to late 20s is a pretty damn good spot for Bain. So if you can get him in the 30s on ESPN, you are robbing the highway. And you should uh, make haste with whatever you've robbed from said highway. Or whatever uh, old-fashioned train you robbed from the highway. Uh, Drew Holiday at 40 is fine. Uh, better than where Yahoo had him, you're you're closer to getting sort of like a very safe play there. I don't like Zion at all, and we'll come back around to him at 41. Uh, Brunson is okay at 43. OG is okay at 42. Beal is not my favorite at 44. But DeJounte Murray is a really nice one at 45. Uh, he finished up last year at 34 on a per-game basis. He's always very durable, so that pushed him higher by totals. DeJounte was number 25 by totals last season. Even if his role shrinks, which I don't think it does. I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy who's going to be the number two usage dude in Atlanta behind Trey Young. And unless he gets moved, which seems unlikely, that should just stick. And maybe we even get lucky and Murray's steals go back up this season. In which case, uh, you're really cruising. And then you maybe get a guy who's like mid-second round at, what did I just say was at ESPN? 45? So certainly my favorites on the ESPN board are Desmond Bain at 38 and DeJounte Murray at 45. My least favorites on the ESPN fourth round, Zion at 41. Disastrous possible play for Zion at 41. This is a guy that has never stayed healthy. These are the head-to-head category league rankings, by the way. In nine caddy was 68. Now, admittedly, if you were punting turnovers and free throws... He launches himself like a missile straight up the board, and he's not in that range anymore. I mean, you, guys that get big bumps, Zion is probably number three if you're punting those two categories behind Giannis and Luka. Guys who get bumps if you're punting free throws and turnovers. Uh, he jumps all the way to number 19, so I get it. But again, these are not those ranks. This is the nine-category rankings for their board. And so Zion of 41. Forget the fact of what he could do on a per-game basis. This is a guy we've never seen make it through a season. I mean, like, even half a season I'd be happy with at this point. You give me Zion in the 80s, I got no problem with it. That's where we saw him going early on. But at 41, you are cashing in all your chips, and you're doing it way, way too soon. And that's a hard pass for me on Zion at 41. My second least favorite play in this round is probably Bradley Beal. Although, admittedly, I don't hate him in the 40s. I just don't like him in the 40s. Beal was number 55 per game last year. 
His role seems likely to shrink this season. Um, maybe we see the threes or steals trend back up a little bit for Beal. I, I still see him as more of a 50s or 60s per game guy. Um, turnovers are probably a, a little bit lower. I just 40s to me is just too early. That's all. He's, it's not that he's bad and he's got a pretty good... Not that he's got a, like... His floor is relatively high because he's still Bradley Beal and he's going to be in an environment that gets him fired up and excited to play with the Suns, play with Durant and Booker and blah, 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 and just get him out of Washington, kind of rejuvenation for Beal. Uh, but I don't see him getting up to 44. And frankly, I just think some of these other guys here are a little bit more exciting. And, you know, you can see his name on the board. The guy ranked number 49 on ESPN is uh, Vooch. So technically a fifth rounder, but I would scoop him up in the fourth year on ESPN, and he would be a top fourth rounder if he was technically in the fourth round. We're going to go ahead and keep this one a little bit shorter today because I put it out so late in the day and I spent so much time goofing with all my damn audio settings, but I think I got him right. I hope this sounded good. Thank you to everybody out there. That's uh, This chat room is actually filled with a bunch of people that are like, thank you so much. Dude, you guys are welcome. I'm apologizing to you because I wanted to do this hours ago, and instead, here I am, like, at the tail end of the workday, just barely getting the damn show in. But you know what? We got the show in, so please keep clicking that like button. I know some of you are watching live, and you can do it right now while we're while I'm yelling at you. Um, but really, seriously, thank you guys all for watching all these things. Our YouTube channel's been kind of blowing up lately. We're seeing the numbers of subscribers jumping is really cool, and we still have um, 36 days until the start of the NBA season, so we're going to get a lot done between now and then. Again, as I close down this other window, you guys can see my big ugly mug, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Find me there. Like and subscribe. Rate and subscribe. Check out the Fantasy Pass. Have a wonderful rest of your Monday, everybody. Tomorrow, we're doing two. I'll make it up for you guys. Two shows, two for Tuesday. We'll get a mock draft going first thing in the morning, and then we'll put out a show uh, on some of the other mid-round. Maybe we'll do the fifth round? Eh, I don't think I want to do the fifth round yet. I think I want to dig a little deeper on some of these names, because I don't think we've actually explored beyond the top 50 on this show, so we'll start to look at some of those names and see if we can't locate a few sleepy sleeper types that uh, will pop up along the way. That won't be a sleeper show tomorrow. That'll, like, when we actually do one of those, it'll probably be in October. That'll be kind of like the here's where we roll it all together thing. Uh, Got to get the industry mock going here relatively soon. That'll be right around the corner. We will also have the Dan Vasper's old man squad start to form itself out in the not-too-distant future. So everybody sit tight. we got good stuff coming. Thanks again for watching. I will see you all tomorrow. So long for now. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.